0: I said i show. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvey House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus plus two five four seven one zero six four zero two four zero. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The Kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message.
1: Now, if you have your Bibles, last week, we talked about the power of one requested prayer. The power of one requested prayer. Now, one thing I want to say right up front, and we want to make what they call a disclaimer. We're not saying that you don't have a prayer list. Oh, you need a prayer list. You want to be able to pray for your nation, your family, your loved ones. But in particular, if there's something that you're really after, this is how you go in there and realize that I need this to happen and I need it now. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. So we'll realize that there are certain ways that God have laid the kingdom out. And also one thing I learned from the Lord about uh, the power of one requested prayer is that God, he, he realized who's serious and who's not. You know, he, he picks off certain things and he lays certain things in order because he realized that those that were searched for to find it. And those that are not looking for anything, of course, they they already found it. They're not looking for it. And so this particular teaching uh, and preaching to you will be for you and your passion. You got to have a passion for what God is going to share with us. Amen. Open the book of James, the fifth chapter, we'll look at verse 17 and 18 Uh, And we're talking about the power of one request. The power of one request that we're going to make in prayer. Amen? Uh, And we're going to go over to the book of James, the fifth chapter, verse 17 and 18. It says that Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit so far we have seen the difference that the power of one request in prayer will make in the lives of god's people now elijah he stopped it from raining for three and a half years and sometimes we read these scriptures without thinking about what god is saying to us it's like one day i was meditating on the word of god And it was talking about God created the heaven and the earth and he did it in six days and on the seventh day he rests. Now when I looked at it from that context, it seemed like six days and you and I can go through six days. And then on the seventh day, it said that God, he took a break, he rests. But then when God spoke to the reality of what was going on, he said that in those six days, he said one day to you. It's like a thousand years to me. And I stopped and I meditated. And I said, do you realize when God created man, he spent 1,000 years developing us. It's something unique to us to spend that much time making a person. Now, you and I have never created anybody. But just think about it. If you spent 1,000 years on one project. And then when you finished it, you said, that's good. There is so much power on the inside of you after 1,000 years of getting you ready. You're ready to go forth and do something great. Amen? And so three and a half years would be like 3,000 years to God that it didn't rain. Three and a half years he stopped the rain. A man, not God, a man did this. And that's why God wants us to look in because because he's telling us there are some things that you can do that will seem impossible to most people. He prayed and he prayed with passion. He had a deep seated spiritual drive. He had a request that he was after and he worked it. He didn't just play with it. He worked this thing in prayer. And we saw where Jesus prayed Three different times as well. For those that was here last week, we went through this particular uh, insight and teaching how Christ prayed three different times and he kept praying the same thing. He stayed on point. He knew what he was after. He didn't go in there and say, Let me pray for the disciples. They over there asleep. No, he didn't get caught up with the outside. He got caught up on what he was after. He was talking about that cup that God had placed before him. He really wanted to know, do I have to take this cup? And he stayed at it until he realized the father told him, you got to drink it. That's the only way. The plan works this way. But he stayed at it, saying the same thing about Matthew 26, 44. Talked about the same prayer request. And then we looked at another one, Jabez. Jabez with the one prayer request. He wanted God to enlarge his coast. He realized something. I am nobody. I don't have no education. I don't have anybody that will me anything. I'm sitting over here looking like the last of the last of nobodies. And he went before the Lord and he asked the Lord, can you enlarge my coast? He stayed after God. He stayed in prayer. He kept praying the same thing to God. Enlarge me. Make something with me. Make something happen with me. I don't want to be this ordinary person. I want to be extraordinary. Why did I come on this planet just to be me doing nothing? And the Bible said over in 1 Chronicles 4.10, And God granted him that which he requested. The man was after something. He granted him that which he requested so it wasn't a whole bunch of things it was one thing it was after enlarge my coast make me somebody make my habitation worth living in come on make me this person that can affect people my family my neighbors make me this person god and god i'm gonna grant you your request hallelujah somebody then we saw blind bottom ass over and, and uh Well, he cried out to Jesus, and when he began to cry to Jesus, he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. And many people charged him. They said, you know, you ought to be quiet, man, making all this noise. But the Bible says he cried the more. A great deal, not just a little bit. He went insane. He went crazy doing it. Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And all I was trying to get this guy, make him be quiet said, our son of David, have mercy on me. He cried with an earnest passion. See, a lot of times we don't want to do things because a crowd is around us. We don't want people to see us. If we're sitting there praying over a meal or we having a prayer meeting, somebody say, oh, somebody in my family is sick. We don't want nobody to see us standing on the street corner praying with this person. But blind man say, I don't care what you think about me because you see and I can't i need my sight i want what i want not because you don't want me to have it i want it because i need it i'm tired of begging i'm tired of crying out to you and the only thing you give me is a little shilling i want millions of shillings i don't want to be stuck here begging. i can go to work if i can see the man wanted what he wanted and he cried and he cried he said jesus may never come this way again i better get him to stop now and he stopped Come on somebody, he arrested Jesus in the spirit. Jesus, stop. He said, bring him to me. Then he asked him, what would you have me to do for you? Come on somebody, wouldn't you love that if you can get Jesus just to stop? He said, what do you want? Hallelujah. And you know right up front what you've been crying about. You know what you really need to happen in your life. You know what you really need to happen in your family he stopped the answer to answer that one request the man said I want my sight what is that one thing you want what is that one thing that you've been craving what is that one thing you say I gotta have this while I'm on this planet I gotta have it I can't just be an ordinary nobody come on somebody want this i want it i want it and i want to know how to get it and god so i'm giving you instructions how to get to me and get what you're after hallelujah let me tell you something nobody else can do this for you but god and you know that nobody's gonna do it for you but God. That's why we stay in the Word of God. That's why we stay in prayer. That's why we come and worship God. That's why we get the Word and we read it. Why? We're looking at the clues behind how I can get in the presence of God and bring heaven inside of my situation, somebody. Come on. Let's thank God for the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And we saw a Herod. Oh, no, we didn't go into this. I want to show you something about Herod. Now, he had killed James. Open the book of Acts, around the 12th chapter. He had already killed James, and now he saw that the people was pleased. Do you know people are pleased when they see you get afflicted? They want to see something bad happen to you, especially if you're enjoying the things of God. They'll say, yeah, God's going to bring them down. Why? Because you won't come up? No, 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 no. God ain't trying to bring us down. He's trying to bring all of us up to another level in him. Herod wanted to destroy Peter. And the scripture said that Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made for him without ceasing of the church unto God over nights 12 and 5. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They went into prayer. They didn't do like most church people. They didn't come together to do a whole bunch of stuff. They came together for one thing. And that was to pray to get Peter out of jail so they won't kill this guy. You know, in most churches they'll be calling the meeting and say, "Hey, y'all, let's vote on this and let, uh, why the man about to get his head cut off? They came to church. The Bible said prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. They were locked in. Look at verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and, and raised him up and saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains Fell off his hand. The angels had been sent to uh, down into that prison. Why? God was hearing their prayers. He was answering that request that was coming up to God on a continual basis. Let me tell you something. If you stay after this thing, you're going to receive it. But you got to know, I'm going after this and I'm not going to pull back. I'm not going to turn around. I don't care how bad it looks. I'm still going after it. I don't care how long after being there. I am going to get this no matter what. And nobody's going to stop me. I'm I'm going to stand God's face. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to worship him. But I'm going to get my request. And I know I already have it because God said He supplied. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Church was in there. It was crying out. It's good to be in a church that know how to get on their knees. Thank God you're in one of the stations that God has raised up that believe in the power of prayer. Therefore, you can get what you need and get what you need for your family, on your job, in your community. God has raised up his body in order to do what we need to have done. Glory be to God. The government and all these other factions, they're not going to come through for us because they're not using the word of God. Word of God is the only way you're going to get out of here safely. Amen? The Bible said the angel told him to get up. Chains fell off in verse 11. When Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know. Now I know. That's what God wants you to say today. Now I know how to get it. Now I know how to pray. Now I know what a breakthrough can do for me. Now I know I can get what belongs to me. Come on, somebody. Say it. Now I know. Come on, say it again, now I know. Peter said, now I know of a surety. That the Lord have sent His angel have delivered me out of the hands of Harriet and from all the expectation of the people of the Jew. See, people got different expectation for you. They don't want to promote you. They want to make you stay right here. Just be quiet. It'll be all right. We can't get to you now, but you have to learn how to pray your way into what you need. Don't let the enemy stop you. You—it's been time for you to get a raise. It's been time for you to get a promotion. You should have been had that new car. You should have been moved to your new home. The problem is, you playing the world system clock. But God said, get on my time. Hallelujah. It already happened. It happened from the foundation of the world. I'm trying to get your eyes open to realize it belongs to you anyway. Hallelujah. Now I know that God delivered me. It's time for you to know. That God is answering your prayers. Come on, somebody. It's time for you to know your prayers have been there. Even as you're sitting here, God already networking for your breakthrough. Oh, well, come on, somebody glory be to God. I don't expect to come all the way to Kenya, go back to the U.S. and be the same person. That devil is a liar. I'm going back home because God sent me on a mission and while I was out of town, he just like what y'all call Santa. He done came into our home and started doing some things and said when he come back, he's gonna be surprised at what I did for him. That's what you do when you travel. You come back, the family will be waiting on you. Got things all set up for you. It might be a good meal. It might be a new outfit but they did something because they're appreciated what you went out to do and when you got back, they want to let you know, we miss you, hallelujah and God's trying to say that to you when you leave out of the house of God and go back to your residence, I've already arranged some things, it's time to get promoted, it's time for a healing, it's time for a breakthrough this your season, come on tell God, thank you as you walk up right before the Lord you'll see things happen in your life that other people only dream about. Come on somebody. I used to be a dreamer. Well, I left home and embarked in on the things of God. I would look at television. I looked at Kenya so many times I want to know what it was to see a lion out in the wild, to see a giraffe and, I just, just look at TV and dream what is it like in Africa while I was dreaming God was networking come on somebody don't tell me God can't do for you while you're dreaming he's networking hallelujah he brought somebody all the way from Kenya and brought them to the US and somebody called me and said I want you to meet somewhere I met that someone and that someone said I want to invite you over into Kenya and finally reality started coming clear you know sometimes you know the man that Jesus put the spit in his eye and he said what see and the man say, well I can not see really clear but I see men like trees and he prayed over his eyes again then he said I see everything normal hallelujah see I was dreaming way back to be over here to see this and then reality one day God had me inside a safari G riding through taking pictures I said here's the reality of what I saw way back then what God is trying to tell you it's time for you to stir up an old dream and bring it back to life it's time for you to tell yourself this picture chain over and to God make me a movie star. Hallelujah. And I'm the person gonna play my role because God is a director. He's the one producing and I'm gonna star in this one. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a praise offering. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Peter became a free man because the church was relentless in their pursuit and prayer. They didn't give up on him. You know, some people quit on you, but they stayed in there. They said, if he killed James, he's going to kill Peter. And they prayed and prayed that God answered that prayer. Now, let's talk about Elijah, how Elijah operated in the power of one requested prayer. There was a woman that had come to a house one day and told, that I think it was a shooter mic woman. When he got there, the ladies I noticed that this guy always passed through here. Let's make a room for him. Let's help the man to God. So he wanted to sleep in the wrong place. And they built a room onto the housing. Elijah used to turn in there. One day he asked his prophet, his uh, alma bearer, he said, hey, what is this lady missing? I mean, she blessed us. How can I bless her back? So Elijah, a servant, said, she don't have any kids. He said, really? So the lady came to the door. He looked at her, and the anointing came on him. He said, ah, says the Lord, this time next year, you're going to have a child. And the lady asked him, she said, I didn't ask you to lie to me. You know, some people lie to you to make you feel good when you come to church, But I'm here to tell you, I ain't got time to lie to you. I'm here to tell you the truth, the gospel truth. Amen. That's why I like to stay in the book. If we say it in the word of God, it's got to be true. I didn't make it up. We're going to read it to you. We're expounding what it's saying to you and keep on rolling. But the lady, she said, don't lie to me. And Elijah said, you'll see this time next year. So she had a baby. And the child grew and then one day they was out in the field working and the child took sick, got a real bad headache. And then at verse 19, and he said unto her, after this child was sick, she started to like wrangle with him. What did he, what did he did? You came here to call my sins to bear or something? What are you doing? So he said to her, give me this, give me that son. And he took him out of her bosom and he carried him up to a log where he abode and laid him upon his bed. He got the child up. While the lady was coming to him with the child, he kept looking. He said, God's not revealing it to me yet. He's not revealing it. Sometimes, you know, you've got to just wait until God go to work. Amen? And when the child got there, he realized what was going on. He told the servant, go in front of me, take my staff, and lay it on the bed and put the child on top of it. See, now it seemed like this crazy. Looked like they would have said, take this child to go see the doctor. But God had another plan take my staff, lay it on the bed and lay this child on top of it and you go there and I'll be behind you. Then Elijah came after he got there. The Bible said they and carried the man, carried him up to a loft where he abode and laid him upon his bed. Now in life as believers when you're dealing in the supernatural and somebody dealing in the flesh you got to learn how to take control of the situation. You can't let what they think move what God is telling you to do because a lot of times God is speaking to you and they're acting like the flesh act and then you give in and go with the flesh you can't do that the flesh don't profit nothing let's stay with the word you gotta fight the good fight of faith in the spirit realm And the Bible said at verse uh, 21 1 Kings 17 21 and he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said Oh, Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Verse 22, 1 Kings 17, 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the Lord heard. See if God hear you, He going answer you. That's what he told us over in the New Testament. If you know that he hear you, then you know you got your petition. You just got to know he heard you. And if he hear you like he did when Jabez said, enlarge my clothes, God granted it. Why? He heard him. He heard the blind man. That's why he stopped. If you penetrate into the realm of the spirit, God will hear you. And if he hear you, you got that request. Nobody can stop it. God will move heaven and earth and bring it to your living room if he have to. But he's going to bless you. You just need to get him to hear you. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived. He woke up. The- why because the word was on the assignment somebody understood the power of prayer and the thing is the heavens begin to hear when you get god involved something's gonna happen you can't stay to say church pastor listen you can't stay the same if you're going and you're driving in the spirit realm. You would never be the same church. You're already about to bust out of the scene. You will be forced to get out of here. Hallelujah. Because God's going to send faithful, dedicated, supporting people that change the house of God. This is God's kingdom, not our kingdom. We're just serving. We're just holding stand until God do the breakthroughs. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. God, hear your voice he can hear you crying see these people are doing this out of a passion they're driven in their prayer room they have great expectation they're not just saying oh God we thank you today for blessing us me and my two maybe four and no more no it ain't one of those prayers notice everybody's crying everybody that we're talking about they were determined they had problems in front of them. And Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive. Receive them. and You should have them. Now We looked at Elijah. He prayed and he changed the whole environment. It stopped raining. We saw another prayer. The destiny. The fact that the destiny between you and heaven when Jesus was praying. Had he not gone through... We would be in trouble today. But we got a lively hope because of what he did. We saw the prayer of Jabez, which changed a lifestyle. You want your lifestyle to change? Come on, now think about it. One man changed the environment. Our Savior came along and changed our destiny. Jabez came along and changed the lifestyle. Blind Bartimaeus came along and changed the physical the, uh, ailment that he had. He couldn't see. I'm showing you how prayer can go into different sectors. Then you got one change that came from the church that changed a man's life. A death situation was sitting on this man. He was on death row. They were going to kill him. But prayer stopped that. Come on, somebody. Prayer stopped a lot of things. If we get in there and get into it. And we see uh, how prayer brought a dead man back to life that boy was graveyard dead and Elijah went there and kept crying to God and kept crying to God and kept crying to God until the Bible said and God heard him then life came back into that world. only God can give life come on somebody he spoke to that boy spirit get back inside of him the man of God is crying out and as long as he cried he's gonna stay there until I bring that child alive. life that means he was determined I'll be here until he come back to life and God you know I'm not leaving hallelujah when God know that you're not gonna leave when God know that you'll be there until the end come he then would recognize I got to do something or this person would never leave out of that prayer closet and God heard his prayer and brought that child back to life and God he you today. He's trying to change everything around you because you're crying to God. You got that one request saying, God, I won't give it up till you bless me. Hallelujah. Somebody give him a praise offering. Glory be to God. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 9 talking about the power one just one prayer request. There's power there. I like what Paul said. This kingdom ain't with no enticing words, a man's wisdom, but it's in a demonstration of the power of God. We're living by power. That's how God opened doors up. God opened up every door you're looking to go through. Hallelujah. Don't be saying, well, I guess the Lord didn't want no, Don't stop guessing that stuff. It ain't guessing. It's reality. You pray, you don't have to guess. You pray according to the word, you get a breakthrough. God is the one that said it. He didn't ask us, yet. now I want you to go guess if I'm the one doing it. No. We had a word of God to tell us the truth. First Samuel nine. First Samuel, the first, cha- first chapter verse nine. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, notice now, she was having dinner, Then she headed to the house of God. Now, Elijah the priest sat upon a seat by by the post of the temple. Let me start. And Elijah the priest sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She wept with a deep expression of her passion to God. And tears were just flowing out of this woman. And and her heart cried out in prayer. Now I want us to look at this real close because, see, some things, it's not like the standard course. In other words, you and I are used to doing things a certain way, but let's look at how God is showing us this big picture. Notice that Hannah did not waste any time on her affliction, those that were afflicting her. The story is that a husband had two wives. And the one wife was giving birth to babies. And she would always come to Hannah and make fun of her. You know, like, hey, look at you. You all dried up. You came and have a baby. I say, hey, watch out, Junior. Come here, little Mary. Come over here, Billy. See, I got everything. You got nothing. And this woman was being ate up on the inside with being antagonized and pushed around and said things too but notice when she went in prayer she didn't waste her time on that she didn't go to god saying you know god people are picking on me you know god they saying bad things about me that was not her prayer request she was after something notice now that she was afflicted with warning something not afflicted by who was trying to afflict her She was afflicted by her desire, I want something from God and I want God to remember me. I want him to hear my prayer. She was so focused with a driving passion that it made her look like she had been drinking. She was no doubt in prayer just staggering around the altar, just crying to God. All since her natural was gone, she was so deep into the spirit that she didn't even know what her body was doing. She just knew what she had gotten to. And look at verse 11. We're talking here, 1 Samuel 9. We want to go down to verse 11. And she vowed the vow and said, Oh, Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, remember me and don't forget me, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child. Yet I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. Notice that Hannah put this power of prayer into action. She's now opening up her heart to God what she really want from him. She not only made a request but she made a covenant agreement with him while she made the request. She said and this thing was so powerful it's, to me it's one of the most powerful prayers I've ever looked at in terms of a human switching things around she went to God and told him look I want to make a covenant agreement with you and when she began to make this agreement with God she was saying to herself if God does something and at this point in my life I'm going to do something. In other words, I'm going to make a connection between both of us doing something. I'm just not going to rely on God to do something all by himself. I'm going to get involved too. See, when you get on this level now, you have hit another wall. See, the Bible said we go from faith to faith to faith and from glory to glory to glory. Just because you hit something here don't mean there's nothing up here can't be hit or up here. That's another level. You got to keep tapping. Once you build the church, the next thing is to build another one. You don't stay at no one place. You keep driving this thing until God says it's time to come home. Now, look at her. She's in the zone now. And what she started doing when she made this covenant agreement with God, she said, now if you give me a son, I'm going to turn around and give it right back to you. This is what we call the open heaven. Now you got God looking in and saying, wait a minute. She's serious about this thing. And I'm going to get something out of it too. Come on. God even was going to receive something. Because she was just not saying, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. She was telling God, I'm going to give you something. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Too many times we want God to pour and pour and pour. And we sit there with our pockets wide open. But we never say, God, let me bless you back. Some of us, hard to give up a praise. Hard to give up worship. And don't put a gun or a knife to our throat and say, give him my offering. Well, he said, then fight all night. Not right now. Not right now. But that's the way you're going to get the breakthrough. You take it to another level. Look at verse 12. And it came to pass that she continued praying before the Lord. What was she saying? Give unto that maid servant a child that I will give him unto you, Lord, all the days of his life. There shall be no razor upon his head." Why she continued praying before the Lord that Elijah, that Eli, marked her mouth. Now, you you and I have seen people on the street that's drunk and half crazy. They just be sitting there going, We say, look, he's crazy. Well, Eli thought the same thing. This woman gotta be drunk. Who was standing in the house of God to go? He said, something's wrong with her. And I need to deal with her. But see what he didn't realize? That she was obsessed with her prayer. She was talking to God about one thing and one thing only. Get me this child. I need him. I really don't want him. I'm going to get him back to you. But put it in me. Don't leave me barren. Don't let me be a curse. Change my situation. Don't let me die like this. God heard her. God heard her. He knew that this woman was honest. And she knew the only person that can do it was God Almighty. She knew this. See, some of us keep thinking it's going to come through some system, through some person, through some entity. Yeah, God can use them, but your reliability is supposed to be in Him. Let Him choose how He want to do it, not how you say, well, I know God's going to use them to bless me. They may be the very ones that will curse you. She knew He would answer her prayer. Look at verse 13. Now Hannah's Respecting in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. Her heart was open to God with a passion. He looking at her saying she's drunk. See how people can miss you? They can miss what you're after. See you down in there, you're plying in the spirit. They're standing there looking at you in the flesh. Remember when I first came into the kingdom of God? I was praying and praying. I, was t- I gave my testimony. how I stayed in the prayer closet, and I had a three-day encounter with the Lord. I came around. My family had been in the military. The first thing they wanted to equate is that they don't put some gas on him. He's gone crazy. Because I, I was praying on another level. They saw me doing stuff in the spirit realm, and they equated it to something's wrong with him. They messed him up. Maybe we should get him over to the doctor. Nick come to me, talking to me like there's some head shrink. Now, you want to sit down and explain to us why you keep uh, crawling up in that prayer closet? And, and, and then I was staying with my brother. He messed around and came in the room one morning. I was standing in the closet. I've been in there all night long. He came in there and looked at the room like, oh, I don't even see it. So he called my name and I opened the closet door and came out. And he saw that. He ran over to my mama. And that, oh, he's gone now. He's sleeping in the closet. It's like he's hiding from the enemy. Something's wrong with that boy. We need to get some help for him. But what he didn't realize the helper had already showed up. He ain't come in the prayer closet and start telling me the future of where I'll be at today. And when my brother finally saw the future end, he kept trying to brag to everybody. I was there when it happened. No, you was They're trying to lock me up. You didn't realize that God had put his hand on me until after he saw the proof. And then he wanted to brag about he was there. But the first beginning was lock him up. People want to lock you up because you got something. You're going somewhere and God's hand is on you. They're trying to stop you from getting your blessing. They don't want to see you go up. They want to see you come down because if you get higher than them, that's going to make them mad. But get a man anyway and go up there. Hallelujah. Give God a praise offering. Then Elijah, verse 14 Eli said unto her, How long would thou be drunken? Put away that wine from thee. Hannah answered him, said, No, my Lord. I'm a woman of a sorrowful heart. Haven't drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured up my soul before the Lord. See, this is a whole new level. Even the priest couldn't recognize it because you know what he was busy doing? Nothing. His job was just hanging around, waiting to eat the evening of sacrifice, waiting to light another candle. This old religious churchgoer ain't got nothing to do with nothing, but don't want you to go nowhere. You have to watch certain people, because they're watching you. As soon as they think you're going to make one step, they're trying to trip you. Come on, where you going, girl? Come hang out with us this weekend. You already done told the Lord, I'm going to spend all day with you, God. And the first thing they show up and they say, oh, we're having a party, and I already put you down to do so-and-so. I tell them, cancel that. Because see, if you don't conduct your life, somebody else will. Come on, I say if you don't conduct your life the devil going to send somebody else to stop you from doing what God called you to do. That's why he's called the power of darkness. He don't want you to see the light. Once you see the light, you out of the box. Hallelujah. Your anointing will flow and go. Whatever God do, he say he do it forever. That anointing that came on me and my wife years ago is still sitting on us. We broke through and God started pouring it in there. Why? Because we want more of it. We hunger for more. We drive for more. That's what God want all us to do. Forget those losers that are trying to stop you. Trying to get you back in your flesh. Come on child, we need to do this. We ain't been together in a while. Come on bro, let's get with the men. You know, we need in a little fellowship. Get together and talk about nothing. She poured her heart out before the Lord. Man thought she was drunk. They thought the, uh, this, the uh, saints back in the book of Acts, the second chapter, verse 15, they thought they was drunk too. Peter had to tell them, for these are not drunk as you suppose, Sin, it is but the third hour of the day. He's trying to tell them, this is the Holy Ghost. This is God's power. And when the power comes on you, you don't know what you might do. Instead of what I thought, the little boy rubbing my leg, that power was going to come from that. Coming to find out the enemy had to set me up. But then when the power finally came in my life, went to a prayer meeting. And I told God one of these Hannah stories. I said, listen God, I want the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, And I'm not leaving church until I get it. Now, nobody knew I was coming to church on a mad tangent to get the power of God. I drove up in there like a normal person. I walked in there with my Bible like a normal person. But something on the inside was brewing inside of me. I wanted that anointing. I saw the power of God. I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted it. I I got tired of reading Acts and the power of God came on them and this happened. The power, I said, where's this power? I got to church that night, night and they said, Hey, come on up. We're going to have prayer first. I started praying and praying and praying. And then after a while, I felt somebody tapping me on the shoulder. Okay, bro, prayer's over. I dropped on my knees. I said, Before I leave this altar, you're going to drag me off it. Bro, ain't leaving. Hallelujah. Brook came for something. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. And the only thing I was doing was saying thank you for it, God. Thank you for it. He knew what I wanted. I sat there and I kept praising God. And after a while to pray, the preacher, he's kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to do with it. Hey, let's praise God, church. So the people praised God for a while. They got tired. I heard them dying off in the background. But I kept saying, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for it, God. I think then after I said, let's praise God again. They went up again. Thank you, thank you. And then some broke. Something happened in that church. All of a sudden it sounded like the door slammed. BAM! And everybody in the room started hollering. There was a fog that came in the church and they started running around the church. And the Holy Ghost, I heard him very distinctly. He said, you want me to baptize you? And I'm talking in my head, I'm saying yes, and saying thank you at the same time. He said, well, here it is. He dropped the anointing on me. All of a sudden, tongues came out of my mouth and I started to Then he said to me while I was speaking in tongues, he said, say something in English, if you can. And I tried to say, hey, y'all, hey, y'all, I got the baptism, but the word kept coming out we had come in there about 7 o'clock it was 12 30 going on 1 in the morning we were still at the altar and when it finally pulled away everybody was walking around like they were drunk in the house of God they said what just happened I knew what happened I came in there on a mission I wanted something I had a passion for God I wanted that anointing I wanted the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and I left church fulfilled come on don't tell me God gonna let you come all the way in and go Back out empty. Tell God, thank you for what you're doing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Excuse me. Hannah pulled out her soul before the Lord. There's a depth in the things of God, there's depths that we have to go to if we want what God is trying to give us. We have to reach into the deepest I mean you gotta go deep into God and you gotta pull and you gotta pull you gotta push you gotta push like all you mothers know how it is that baby ain't gonna come just because you say come on out and whoever you are they don't come out like that everybody know in order to get new life you gotta push in order for it to happen and there's no pushing and there's no pain behind it. You won't get the game. The baby won't come. That's why they said, come on now, you got to do it. Push! And that's what God is saying to you today. Get in my prayer closet and push and dig and believe and go and scream out to me till you get what you're after. In other words, you got to get to a place that you start reviving those things that seem to be dead around you come on. Your wallet sitting there laying like it's in some morgue somewhere. It ain't producing nothing. You lay your hands on. I thought the preacher was crazy when he came to church. He said, take your wallet that Prophesy to it. Prophesy to my wallet. I'm a new believer. He said, prophesy to it. It's okay. Give me some money. <laughs> with no passion behind it. But the more I stayed broke, passion started coming in. Not only was I prophesying to it, I took my wallet and I threw it away. I said, you sorry piece of leather. You haven't fulfilled nothing I said to you. I slung that thing out of my life. To this very day, I don't even have a wallet. You know why? Because it wasn't doing what I told it to do. Some things you have to get out of your life. When they're gone dead, bury them. After that, I started telling God, I believe what you said. A preacher came in, anointed a $1 bill and said never spend it, it would track other money to you all the days of your life. I still had a bill and I told the story still to this very day. Money steady flow. I don't need no wallet for no see it wasn't big enough to hold what God was doing anyway. Come on, that little tiny thing, it can only take a few dollars I wanted mega dollars, come on somebody. And God got me to throw it away. Every time I pulled money out of my pocket, he said you need a wallet. I look at him like you need a revelation that wallet ain't doing nothing for me what matters is the bank that's holding my wallet come on and when you get the bank to hold it then you just hit the ATM and say give it to me at least I tear you up you need a revival you need revival around you you need to start laying your hands on everything in your house lay it on your bedroom you got a husband and a wife they want not act right go in there and pray over their clothes and bless their shoes and walk around and say you're gonna change because i changed hallelujah we're gonna walk in this together we're gonna let, lay hands on your kids clothes and lay it on their bed and let it on on the walls in their room come on the anointed know how to arrest people hallelujah don't drive them crazy fussing at them every day you get in the spirit realm they'll come home one day mama something like happened to me you're gonna tell me about it i saw a vision god can reach young people too hallelujah let's go back to first Samuel, the first chapter verse 19 and she rose up in the morning and worshiped before the lord and returned and came to the house to ramah Echonot knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her she cried and cried and the Bible said the Lord remember her wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about Hannah had conceived that she bore a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord she remembered I asked God for this it's what am I doing he brought the child there she got up to the house of God if you notice She worshipped. She made sure she did all the things right. Get to the house. Worship is important. So you can let God know, I'm here to worship you. Go home and worship God. When you're riding down the road, worship God. Keep God as the center of your worship. Hallelujah. See, many have had miscarriages to their prayers because they misunderstand the power of worship. You don't slip nothing in on God. He want to know if you love him and revere him. He want to know that you appreciate what he's doing in your life. That's what worship is all about. You're telling God, you're the greatest. You're my king. You're my creator. You're my everything. And i worship you. i worship you. And that's when you begin to get your prayers incubated. Something's going to happen. The Bible says, Echonard knew, knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Let me tell you something. Your prayers are not forgotten. God don't forget. Hebrews 6.10 tells us that. For God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. What you have shown towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Every time the man of God would board an airplane and go somewhere and minister God is telling him son I didn't forget nothing you was doing. And that you yet ministering right now to this day he's telling him son every prayer you got on that altar you you heat that thing up and watch how it busts out and begin to change the dynamics of your life in this church life see because god said i can't forget he says unrighteous to forget and god is not an unrighteous god he's a righteous god therefore he cannot forget let's look at jeremiah 33. i love the way god was in this case Jeremiah 33 verse 20 and 21 Thus says the Lord If you can break my covenant of the day and my covenant of the night and that shall not be day and night in this season Jeremiah 33 and verse 21 Then may also my covenant be broken with David my servant that he should not have a son to reign upon his throne and with the Levi the priest my minister Listen to what God said God have made a covenant with you He's saying that if the day does not come at its proper time and the night does not come at its proper time, then his covenant can be broken. As long as that sun rises in the east and it's set in the west, God is telling you nobody ever broke my covenant I made with you. Every promise that I made to you is still true. Come on, somebody. And then he said, If David did not have a son to reign upon his throne, then my covenant can be broken. Did David have a son to come behind and sit on that throne? He most certainly did. Solomon sat right there. So God is saying Solomon sat on that throne. Now you know that you cannot break my covenant I made with you. Everything. What he what he's doing is saying I'm giving you a reason to know that your prayers are still on the boiler. They're still coming. There's no. I prayed about that. Oh well. No. They're still coming. God said you can't break it. And saints listen. He said the day and the night is the same. That's the covenant. Solomon's son reigned on the throne. That was a covenant. The question is, the priest—do we still have a priest that ministered to this day? Now, according to the word of God, over First Peter two and nine. See, you can't break God's covenant. You can't do it. First Peter two and nine. Is there a priest still ministering today? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood you're the priest and long as you're the priest all of God's covenants is still in the force. the day is still coming the night is still coming Solomon sit on that throne and the priest is still in his office and God is saying nobody can break my covenant nobody 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 when you pray to me I answer prayer when I answer prayer Jesus said when you pray believe that you receive and it shall be done unto you this is your season to receive what God is doing inside of your life. Somebody ought to go ahead and give God a praise offering. It's told us also in Psalms 89-34, My covenant would I not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips. 1 Samuel 1 and wherefore It came to pass when the time was come about Hannah. After Hannah had conceived, that she a son to call his name Samuel Sam. Because... I've asked him of the Lord, it's time for some of you all to get birth. It's time for you to go ahead and give birth to what you've been believing God for. You ought to tell God I'm in the last trimester. You got to get this thing out of me. Come on, somebody. And when you start believing what God tells you, you'll know something about to happen. I remember one night I left the country and I was up in Canada. And I was driving in the night. And my mother was sitting in the front seat with me. And I said, Mom. I said, something is going on. She looked at me like, what? Now, we out of the country in another country. And she looking at me. I'm saying something's going on. And I know she thinking the worst. I said, it's not what you think. She said, what? I said, I feel something coming out of me. She said, what do you mean something coming out of you? Are you about to throw up or something? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm about to give birth to something. Give birth to so them. You do. How can you give birth to something. I said, mom, it's coming. I can feel it coming out of me. And after She said, well, what is it? I said, it's a church. It's a church trying to come out of me. Now, the reason why I shared that with her, because a prophet had came to my house one day. I picked him up, and and he was going to come to the church and minister. And the pastor told me at the time when I picked him up, he said, I don't have everything together yet, uh, because I was expecting him tomorrow. He came to town a day early, and he had uh, got his hotel room for the day after. So I said, hey, no problem. He can stay at my house. I got an open room there. I brought the guy in my house. See, it was God was doing a setup. I brought the prophet in my house. He was in the room. We spent the night. So the next day, when it was time for us to go to church, I told him, I said, all right, I'll drive you over to the church. He got up and on his way out the front door, he said, ah, thus says the Lord, a church will go out of this house. He took a bottle of oil and put a cross on the front door. I'm looking in like, what is wrong with him? And he just went back to normal. We got in the car and went to church. But when I came home, I kept looking at the oil at the front door. And when I told my mother sometime later that I felt the church was coming out of me, what happened was the church gave birth in our home. And that's where the ministry started at, And it went out the front door to this location. And God made me remember. Remember, I sent the man of God to tell you that it was time for you to give birth to something. That's what God's telling you now. It's time for you to give birth to the thing that you thought had died. But God had revived that thing. It's alive and well on the inside of you. And don't you let that devil lie to you. You tell yourself, I'm finished. Step into this anointing I'm gonna let God do what he said he was gonna do I'm gonna let God go ahead and finish this job and the Bible say when Hannah weaned that boy she took him up to the house of God with three bullocks and an ephod of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him up to the house of the Lord in Shiloh and the child was young let me tell you something God said my covenant would I not break nor alter the things that have gone out of my lips saints you're never gonna change what God has determined he's gonna do for you the the only thing gonna stop it from happening is you do nothing but if you put your foot down on the pedal and say God I'm coming after you I'm coming after my life I'm coming after my purpose I'm coming after my direction in the spirit realm God said i have be been waiting on you to show up i put my spirit out on you he said in the last day I'll put my uh, spirit out on all the flesh hallelujah and then I'll let the anointing come on you you'll be a walking testimony in front of people that never thought it would happen you ought to be glad The day that God have called you in to the house of God and says your season it's time to give birth it's time to bring something alive it's time to bring enlarge your coast it's time for you to open up your blinded eyes it's time for you to walk into life it's a new life you're going to live go ahead and give God a praise offering up in here hallelujah I want to thank the pastor for giving me the opportunity to come here and share with you The power of one prayer. And we've seen a host of them. You know, I still got a whole bunch more. One requested prayers. They're all through the Bible. God is telling us something. You really need it. Lock in like Hannah did. And you go after me until you get the breakthrough. Be like the prophet. Lay on that chair. Till you hear him sneeze again. Come on, somebody. Be like the church that prayed so the man wouldn't go on death row and die because the church laid back and did nothing. We can turn a lot of things, we can up in a lot of the devil's mess, but we gotta learn how to say, God, here I am. Use me. And I guarantee if you ever say it to him, you went for a unique awakening. Does God like to use people? And that's what Elijah, uh, uh, no not Elijah, what well, Isaiah said. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. What was so unique about what Isaiah said he saw? Isaiah was sitting up on the, on the king that was doing everything unique. And his vision had been caught up on the power of a king. But when the king died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. That's when he realized it was never him. My vision was out of focus. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And that's when God put the request in. He said, who would go for me? Isaiah said, here I am. Send me. That's what you ought to be saying today. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm ready. And see, God knew he wasn't ready. That's why he took the coal. and put it on his tongue. He said, I got to clean you up. Let God do his job. But just tell him, send me anyway. The harvesters why the labor's of you. Send me. God said, I'll clean you up get you out there. And that prophet became one of the greatest prophets we have in scripture. The eagle, eye prophet, looked all the way into the future and saw us coming. God can do something with you that no man can ever do. Let's thank God for the word of God. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Blessed assured
0: the message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvey House, third floor Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power.